Okay, this is a good podcast because I have a great guest. I got Val Ashbury, who's the CEO of LifeScan. And Val and I go way back. And when I say way back, let's see, it's got to be 10 years, 15, something like that. I don't want to date myself too much with you, Dave. But yeah, it's, it's about 10. And you remember like how afraid I was to meet you the first time when I met you at the Animus building. That was a while ago. That's right. That was, okay, that's right. That's when Animus, yes, I remember. Yeah, you came to a blogger day, and I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> well, it's great to have you on the podcast. And so, listen, since I do this with everybody, why don't you share with everybody kind of how you got in the wacky world? You know, what's your journey here? What's the journey? Okay, well, you know, what some people may not know about me, Dave, is I'm a registered nurse by training. And so all of my career, there's been this thread that I really want to be in healthcare and a piece of healthcare that's really meaningful. It's making a difference in someone's life that's experiencing a health concern or someone treating them. And so the way I came into diabetes was actually through Johnson & Johnson. Many people know, I guess, listening to this podcast that I had a really longstanding history there. And I was with five different companies in J&J, &J. but in 2009, they moved me into LifeScan. And I'm telling you, it just stuck. And it's probably the move in my career that's been the most meaningful and relevant because diabetes is such a complicated condition. Everybody's journey and experience is different. And when I came to LifeScan, the entire team is just focused on helping people and really thinking about how to make life better and easier for people that are living with diabetes and chronic conditions. So my journey really into deep diabetes started in 2009, but it's just been, you know, in my heart and in my soul ever since, just because of the impact that we can make. And here I am some 12 years later, you know, about and still loving every minute of it and still kind of in awe by the complexity and all the challenges that are yet to be solved. Now, now it, I think it'd be useful to give some of our newer listeners kind of a journey in, let's see, so you started in 2009. Yep. Don't remember when competitive bidding came in. Oh, it's 2013. That is a year I will never forget. Okay. So to explain to them in a way, because it's, it's a great microcosm of how this, the business side has changed. Yeah. If I remember correctly... In the Medicare channel, you were being reimbursed, I think it was $32 a box for 50 tests. <laughs> I don't remember the exact dollar amount, but what I know is with competitive bidding, it took 72% of our price out of the market in a six-month period of time. And that, that really was, gosh, living back for all of us in the industry at that point in time, something that is unprecedented. It's never happened before. I hope it never happens again. And you know, I think Medicare was trying to create more access for people and more affordability. But what it really did was take the profitability out for everybody and limited choice, actually. People with Medicare and Medicaid had less choice in terms of blood glucose meters and strips. And all of us were struggling in the industry at that point in time to figure out how we evolved the business to you know, continue to run them and not go under. And then, of course, they gave us a second whammy in 2016 when they took another couple of percentage points out. So those times, and I know this is probably reliving a lot of this for a lot of my counterparts and peers in the industry, but 
it meant a complete business overhaul between 2013 and 2016. I mean, cutting costs out of the business, we downsized a lot. So we cost a lot of people their their jobs, really made choices on products that we were going to be able to put or not put out in the marketplace. And just really an enormous, enormous shift in the business as a result of that change. I mean, it's just... Well, it also also probably transitions you to where you are today because J&J said, hey, I can't make the kind of money I was. They sell the platinum equities and explain to people the differences between those two worlds because, you know, here you are, you're working for, uh, you know, everybody knows J&J and, you know, now, you know, you're with platinum. Explain those, the differences between that. Yeah, so I would say the biggest difference between a Fortune 500 and a private equity is, Well, one, which may not be intuitive to people, you know, in a big Fortune 500 company, they're constantly choosing where their priorities and their investments go. And if you're not part of that investment scheme, you may not grow as fast as you want. And so, you know, I would tell you, sometimes it's really, really slow in the big Fortune 500 companies. And so the processes are slow, decision-making is slow, whether you get investment is slow, and it's completely the antithesis of that in private equity. You know, private equity, at least, you know, and and honestly, platinum equity is, is our private equity investor, but they are, private equity has a lot of bad connotations associated with it. But I got to tell you, Our experience has been fantastic because what they've allowed us to do in the transition is move really quickly to regain some momentum that we had lost. We got really distracted during the sale. Competitors were nipping at our heels all the time. We weren't coming out with new innovation because we were just trying to stand the business up. So what Platinum has really done is they fueled investment into the business. They've enabled us to move really, really quickly and kind of catch up for those years that we missed where we were moving a little bit slow and a little bit distracted. But the other thing is really, you know, they haven't at all in any way dissuade us from our focus, keeping the patient front and center. They really believe in our mission and vision. They really want us to be differentiated and keep that global iconic status. You know, and of course, there's always the focus on the financials. Private equity always gets labeled with that. But if you run a responsible business and you do the right things to support the business, what I'm finding between the two is that we have a lot more latitude and speed to be able to bring solutions into the marketplace. So once we separated and got all the messiness of standing up the business from scratch out of the way, it's been delightful. It's been so fun. And I feel like LifeScan and the OneTouch brand are finally getting back to our roots and getting our mojo back a little bit, you know? Well, and, and it's interesting. And I know a lot of listeners, like they're, you know, and in the, in the, you know, a lot of these people are like, they, they read my stuff and they know that, you know, I'm a big fan of CGM, but BGM is still a big thing. I mean, it's not, I mean, you must be, how many countries are you in now? A little bit more than 70. And, and it, it isn't, you know, so I heard, I heard the podcast on the three amigos. You know how much I respect all three of them and all of them have a little different opinions from Dr. Gar, which is like throw out BGM to, you know, Dr. Edelman saying there's still relevance. And I think it really depends on the marketplace that you're in. For many countries around the world, blood glucose strip and meter testing is the entry point into the category. It's all that they can get. It's what's affordable. A lot of countries cannot afford CGM, although portions of the population might be able to. So really, you know, the way we look at the business is 
there's a really important part of the marketplace for meters and strips and a really important part of the marketplace is going to be relevant for CGM and other solutions as they come out. But I really believe there's an important need for both. And it just depends on where you are in the world, which one is most accessible and affordable to you. Did you ever in your wildest imagination when you first started doing this, think that we would get to this model where everybody's going to a subscription, you know, you pay one fee for a month, whatever it is, and you get as many test trips as you want. Did you ever imagine that? Never, never imagined it. But, you know, here we are and we're all in the middle of it, right? So I think we've got a couple of subscription models too. And we have some more that are coming out to really provide some choice. And we can talk about that. But to me, what's important is the evolution, whatever somebody wants and needs in that moment, however they choose to manage their health and their health care, we want to just be able to provide that to them. So if they want to go in and buy on a monthly basis, that's fine with me. If they want a subscription, it's fine with me. I think there's such a diversity of what people want when they choose their solutions for health care. So I don't see it going one or the other. I think we've got to play in all of that continuum to be where people are and how they want it to be when they want their product. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense to you. So you're in the mix. You know, you're, you're, you're it's it's almost ironic that like all what I call quote unquote the old school BGM companies. You know, Abbott is fully transitioned pretty much into CGM. Roche is basically still just Roche, although they have gone a subscription model. And you're like kind of like doing all these like bolt on partnerships. Tell people kind of what you're doing there. <laughs> So again, the strategy is the core business, everybody knows this, but the core business is really blood glucose measurement, monitoring, and you know, consulting, right? And we're not going to get out of our core, which is the glucose management. It's really important for people who are living with diabetes. But as we separated out from J&J, we said, if we had a playbook and we could do it over again, or if you could recreate, what would you be doing differently? And so we went to people who were living with diabetes, those treating them, those caring for them and said, what are we missing at LifeScan as one touch brand? What are we missing? And I think this theme came up over and over again, which is glucose management is great, but that's not all my day consists of. And quite honestly, if you're only doing glucose management, you're probably missing a big piece of value contribution that you could be giving. And so we started probing a little bit more and saying, well, what, what does that mean? And they said, well, you know, everybody's journey in diabetes or chronic disease is different. And I need different things than you may need, Dave. And so they're saying, you know, to me, yes, I want to understand my glucose readings, but I also want to understand how the food that I'm putting in my body impacts my blood glucose or my exercise levels. And there's so much more that you can do at LifeScan to help people think about healthy, being healthy and well, not just focusing on diabetes or blood glucose. And so we're on this journey and we definitely are going to expand our offerings in glucose. I mean, I think you know that we are definitely on a track to bring a sensor into the marketplace. And we're really, really excited about CGM coming into our portfolio in the future. And that will be part of our future. But in the interim, while we wait for that, what we're trying to do is provide other meaningful solutions for people that they can choose that help them on their wellness journey. So what we're doing right now is thinking about, we have a strategy when we say, oh, we want to go into fitness, for example. We look at it and we say, do we want to build it? Do we want to buy it? Or do we want to license it? And what we're realizing is that there's some real important engagement 
opportunities with some of these big brands. So right now, what we're really doing is trying to bring industry leaders all together, kind of in one place for both diabetes, health and wellness solutions, and allow them to tailor those solutions that meet their own personal goals in their journey. So for example, if you wanted meters and strips and you wanted wellness, you know, health applications, whether it's mental health or whether it's blood pressure, you might choose WellDoc for that. Or if you were really wanting to understand fitness levels, it would be Fitbit or Noom for behavioral, you know, food health, healthy intake. So it's bringing all these partners together. We're going to put them all really easily accessible to get where you can find one touch and just allow people to customize, to pick and choose and say, wow, I really want to get the best of this combination of things that fits my lifestyle, my health. And so that's where we're going. It's really exciting. We've got a consumer portal, which will be launched sometime this fall where anybody can just kind of go out to a one-touch solution site and say, wow, let me customize my strips. If I need a meter, I can order it there. Or if I want some of these great partners, I can build a package with a partnership. And then we're also building, we do have a subscription model right now, but we're also building one specifically for payers and employers where they can customize the same kind of kit for their employee base based on the needs within that health plan. Like if obesity is the number one issue with the people, then they may choose a solution with Fitbit or Noom along with meters and strips. But customizable, reimbursed solutions that'll really continue, help us with a continuum. They'll bridge and be available for our blood glucose, our basic business, you know, the meters in the strips. They will carry over into our continuous glucose monitoring and provide solutions. And there's some more exciting things to come. So there's a lot going on. So how do you deal with, I mean, you know, you've got a lot of competitors now. I mean, and and it's not, I'm not just talking about, you know, you know, let's take away CGM. You still have, you know, there's companies like OneDrop out there, Roche is out there doing something. You know, you've got MyDario, you know, there's so many of these things that are, are still based on the, you know, the BGM platform, you know, not a CGM platform, but a BGM platform. You know, Levango is another one. How would you compare and contrast what where LifeScan is going and to where they're where they are and where they're going? So, you know, there's amazing models out there, right? So I think the way we want to differentiate the offerings that we're going to give through OneTouch are really focusing on our core business, which you know, Dave, we've been in the BGM business for almost 40 years. And so we have my very first meter was a one touch. <laughs> that's exactly right, right? And it was probably one of those big clunky ones that you had to buy in the hospital. But <laughs> you know, I think we've got a foundation of almost 40 years heritage of being able to provide and say we've got accurate, precise products that are reliable, dependable, and we're going to really continue to use that as a foundation. But I think the things that will differentiate us will be these partnerships with the industry leaders will hopefully create stickiness, real stickiness. And we'll do that all over the world. We started in the United States, but the vision is to go global with companies that are relevant in that part, portion of the world. And then the real vision, and I know this has been a subject of your podcast as well, is you know we're going to be able to get data from not only our own systems, because they're all connected to the cloud, but we'll be able to get data from our partners. And so you think about the power being able to say, for instance, 
you know, when you get coaching, like with a Cecilia Health and a One Touch Meter and Strip Solution, you have better adherence, you have better consistency, maybe you lower A1C. But getting the aggregation of the data from all of our partners in one place will allow us to take that data and start to mine that data in meaningful ways, which hopefully will result in proven health outcome. Now it's early, right? And this has been a subject of your podcast because everybody knows we've got to get there, but we'll have so much diversity of the data that we should be able to correlate and talk to people about their health and what combinations work well to physicians, to endocrinologists, to payers, and all make a meaningful difference over time. Well, and I think it's interesting because obviously you have a global reach, okay? I mean, you're everywhere. Are you finding that, like, for example, I know you do business in China, okay? Are you finding that those markets are transforming as our market is here domestically? Or do you find China or, let's say, ex-U.S. markets to be differentiated and that they're still a little bit, they're a few years behind? Yeah, it depends on the aspect that you're talking about. So, for instance, in China, the e-commerce and connectivity is way ahead of us. Like they're way ahead of us. But how people are diagnosed and treated with diabetes is very different. It's largely based still in the hospital. And then they're discharged with products that they've got to go purchase. But they typically purchase products in that environment on e-commerce. So getting the right local partners there that can help people with their connectivity. I mean, they are just a really connected society and country. So I would say they're ahead of us there, but not ahead of us in terms of where people receive care and how they're diagnosed. Now, Europe's a little bit different. You know, Europe has various systems depending on the countries. And I would say that their standards of care are very much like ours. And they've really begun to, especially with COVID, leaning into telehealth, telemedicine, which they were a little bit behind on. But the kind of uh, digital connectivity and e-commerce is a little bit slower there because every country is a little bit different. But it's coming up really, really quickly. And I think COVID has changed the world as we know it almost everywhere in the world because people want choice about how they're going to interface with their caregivers. And, you know, I think even caregivers want choice about, you know, if they can receive data through the cloud and save someone a trip in and they can have a consultation very much like you and I are doing today, you know, over a video conference. For a lot of people, that's going to work, save time and be a very effective thing. So I think you're starting to see all over the world things changing very rapidly, you know, and I think digital health is going to be a really, really important part of our future. Do you, do you ever envision the day when LifeScan would get back into the insulin delivery business? <laughs> you know, you never say never. You know, that still just hurts my heart. You know that that was just probably one of the saddest moments in my career when we couldn't figure out how to make Animus work. And I'm so in awe of all of the pump manufacturers and what they do to provide a solution. At a very minimum, Dave, what is in our future, I would say, is we want to connect to everyone because we, I don't care what system you're on. We just want to be where people need us and want us 
So I want to connect, you know, especially when we have continuous glucose monitoring, we want to connect to the pump companies. We want to connect to the smart pen, the smart pen companies, just to create an ecosystem for people. So whatever products they're using, whatever solutions they're, they're using, they've got their data at their fingertips. So connectivity for sure, whether or not we ever have a pump, you know, I never say never, but I don't know. <laughs> Looking around you, I mean, you know, we've, you know, we've grown up in this industry. There's a lot that's going on over the last few years. Is there something that like just totally blow you, blown you away and say, God, I never expected this? I think probably this, this move into this, these strong digital tools. Like I wasn't really sure that they were really going to take, take off. And I'm so surprised at how many small digital companies there are. Like, it's just, it's mind boggling, all the companies that have just sprung up. And I think it's born out of a need, right? Everybody's trying to find solutions for people to stay engaged, to focus on being healthy. And, you know, I think it's all with right intent and good intent, but wow, this explosion into this whole digital health thing is really, I mean, it really is something we didn't anticipate and it's just growing at such a speed, you know, that it's crazy. And I think that's why it's important for us. You know, we think about, we have our own digital solution, One Touch Reveal, and it will be the foundation of everything we continue. But sometimes with these little startups, you know, you know, or software companies, they're moving so fast, which is why you've got to think about how you stay relevant in this space. So that's why we have the, do we build it? Do we buy it? Do we partner? You know, what's the easiest way to go? Because you need really meaningful solutions and they're going to evolve very quickly, Dave, on terms of what people gravitate towards. So I think it's going to be, continue to evolve very quickly. If you had to, and nobody's going to hold you to this. <laughs> you look, you, you look out five years from today, 10 years from today. And, that, and I'm not talking about really, even from a life scan perspective, what do you think, let's say five or 10 years from now, a person with diabetes, what's their life going to be like? What I would hope, what we hear from people and what they want <laughs> is that they want stability, predictability, and simplicity. And so what I hope, and I think that's what we try to do every day, which is every time we think about a solution, we think about what we've heard from people living with diabetes and say, does this help them? Does it solve something that they're trying to wrestle with every day? Does it make it simple? Does it make it more clear? Does it actually fill a need for them? And so I would just love to see, you know, I'd love to say, oh, I'd love to have a solution where we can replicate beta cells and get rid of diabetes. And I think that's definitely the end game. And I, I hope we get there, but it's a big, that's a big task, right? So in the interim, while we try to solve, you know, that dilemma, how do we just make it super easy for people to live their lives and not worried about going low and potentially dying or doing their systems long-term damage if, if their sugar is too high? So I think it's just providing them that ease. That sounds so simple, but it's, it, it's not, right? You, you ever envision a day when payers don't have as much control as they do today? I envision a day where payers change their priorities. So, you know, I always think about it from the standpoint on, you know, how are they going to evolve their priorities over time? So think about, you know, the prescription drug world, you know, drugs come out, they get on formulary, then at some point they quit paying for them and they go over the counter. So, you know, what I worry about is in the diabetes category is 
how do we continue to make our products and the data and information that we give payers relevant enough that they'll continue to pay for products for people? Because right now, diabetes products are really expensive and a lot of people couldn't afford them without insurance and reasonable copays. And that really, really worries me. So part of the things that we're constantly thinking about is if the world changed, what do we have to do as a company or what has to change in our products to continue to make them more affordable and accessible over time in the event something did change with payers? And that's the thing that nags me all the time because it's like exactly what happened with Medicare. The intent was good from the federal government, right? Take some price out, try to make it more affordable. But there were really unintended consequences to people with diabetes. They couldn't get the products that they wanted. You know, it was just a really, really struggling time. So thinking about those dilemmas and trying to think about how we would pivot is something that we're doing every day because you never know that could really happen. It's a really great question, Dave. And it's something that all of us should wrestle with as our health systems also struggle under the burdens of these chronic conditions. So I'll, I'll give you a layup for your last question. Uh-oh. Is, is, is this it for Val? Is, is this, is it, is this my last hurrah? <laughs> you know, I don't know, Dave, you know me. I hope that, that I can stay at LifeScan for, for a long time yet to come. It really has been the time of my life. These, the people in this business are amazing and they just they're of one heart and mind in terms of serving people with diabetes. So as long as I can do it, I will. But when I get booted out, you know, I doubt, you know, my son kids me a lot because he's like, mom, you could never like just retire because you like are too hyper and you're going to have to figure out something to do. And I think that's probably right. So if there is something after life scan, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure I'm not going to be sitting on a couch watching television all day long. That's for sure. Well, it's been a pleasure having you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's one great lady, Val Asker, CEO of LifeScan.